If Jesus is not at the center of it all, then what is? His word says that we are supposed to love him with all of our heart, our mind, all of our strength. There are two commandments greater than all of the ten. Love God and love people. That's the basis of it. Love God and love people. Love people as you love yourselves. Love God, love people. If Jesus is at the center of it all, that should not be a problem. But that's where we fail to be unified. Is because I don't believe Jesus is at the center of it all. This is not the greatest illustration ever, but this just dropped in my mind. And the reason this dropped in my mind is a lot of times our lives as Christians are based off of what we like, what we don't like, what we're okay with and what we're not okay with. Jesus is not the center if that's the way we live our lives as Christians. He's not the center of it all. The illustration is this, or the thought is this. We all experienced the season of COVID. Some of us had it, some of us only heard stories about it. But there's one thing that seemed to be universal about that, and it was this. People who had COVID at some point in time lost their taste. They couldn't taste anything. Now, I can only imagine that if you can't taste anything, you don't have a problem eating anything. It all virtually tastes the same. Now, that illustration could go two different ways. It can go completely bad or it can go completely good. If Jesus is at the center of it all, then there's only one thing. There's only one flavor. And that flavor masks everything. It covers all. 
So there's not one thing that doesn't seem, there, there's only one way to look at anything. There's only one filter. There's only, there's only one thing, and that's Jesus. And again, I told you, that mind, that, that thought could go completely wrong, but, but here's what I'm trying to say. If Jesus is the center of it all, then how can any one thing consume our thought process, our mindset? If Jesus is at the center of it all, then why can't, why can't we focus and do what we need to do? I was looking over my message because I wrote it three weeks ago, at least. Three weeks ago, I wrote this message and I read this scripture. And then I had discussions at family groups and we talked about a lot of different things. And then I stood here this morning and I realized that Jesus cannot possibly be at the center of it all. He can't possibly be. Somebody said, we as Christians are supposed to call out sin, sin of our brothers. And as I, as I was talking with God, I was like, Lord, how, how can we be unified in you if we can't be unified in, in these areas? Like, I don't understand, Jesus. How, how do we do this? Give me understanding. And as I began to look through the scriptures, I was looking for Jesus specifically calling out sin. And Jesus never really calls out sin as much as he, it's like he, he, he kind of does like this, like, I don't even know what to call it, but it's like you without sin, right? <laughs> Anyone here that doesn't have sin, right? He, that's the way he calls it out. It's never a direct, you're a sinner, right? You have people attacking those who are labeled unclean and sinners. And he says, you without sin cast the first stone. What we can be very clear on is that we all have sin. We could unify on that. <laughs> And I believe if we did, then and only then could we unify on Jesus. Because then we all would understand and realize we need him collectively. 
Do me a favor and turn the lights up. The other week I had us get up and I had us move from place to place, middle aisle, right? Left and right. I was going to do that again today, but I'm not going to because I believe that right now in this moment, I believe all of us are coming to a, a deeper understanding of something. Without a doubt, I believe each one of us are understanding something right here in this moment. That we're all equal. We are all very equal when it comes to sin. There's no, no big eyes and little U's. Nope, there is only sin. I'm not glorifying it. I'm simply trying to find a baseline so that we can together become focused and unified on what really truly matters. There is no big sin and little sin. There is sin that is unseen. There is sin that is seen. There is sin that is talked about. And then there is sin that is not talked about. But at the end of the day, all of that sin is, come on, say it with me. Thank you. And when God looks on us, when he looks at us, it's, it's not a, it's not heat vision. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody here know what heat vision is? Have you ever seen pictures of heat vision? Heat vision, when you put on the goggles or whatever the device is, you put it on and I look around the room and there's hot spots. Ooh wee. It's green over here. Oh, it's blue back there in the oh we it's red right up here. It's red. It is red. <laughs> that is not it. That is not it. We have painted a picture that is not real. But yet still, we look at the scriptures. I looked at the scriptures and I was like, man, I don't see Jesus pointing out sin. But then I had to, I had to wrestle with and, and, and deal with and struggle with Paul. Because Paul was very, very adamant. He was very adamant about pointing out the sins of our brothers. And there, there are scriptures that talk about us. I mean, there was one, man, I can't even remember. There was one that was like, it, it, it was like, I can't, man, I, I, I wish I would have. This wasn't my message. I just was. You got to understand, I just was kind of struggling with something and I didn't know why I was struggling with it. Like I was really struggling with something last night and I just went in to kind of touch up, make sure I knew what I was going to be saying today because it's been three weeks since I wrote the message. Right. And Jesus was like, no, we're going to we're going to talk about this. And it all has to do with unity. I'm not a, I'm not at a loss on that. 
I am not at a loss on the fact that it all has to do with unity. Let's read the scripture that I have for today. Uh, go ahead. It's up there. Is it behind me already? Let's go ahead and read it. <clears throat> oh, nope. I'm sorry. I apologize. Let me grab my. Go back to Ephesians. It's from the first week. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Do you have that up there? Yes. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. This is one Lord. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all in all and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And then it continues. Ephesians chapter four, verse eight. It continues and it says, that is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ, Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue. Listen to this. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. All that reading, all that reading, but this is the gist of it. I'm not better than you, and you're not better than me.
I have sinned, I have sinned, and I'm sure you have as well. But what God wants from us is maturity. That's what he desires from us, maturity. I want to ask you a question. Think through your life, think through your days, think through moments and situations, and I ask you, in the eyesight of God, have you been mature? Have you been acting mature? This is not meant to be a spanking. This is specifically going back to the scripture, back to the beginning, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. He says, I beg you. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. I'm asking you again, are you leading a life worthy of your calling? If you've been called, and we all have, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we all have been called to spread the good news. Are you living up to that? Can you speak the good news? Can you see someone struggling, having a hard go of it, and speak the good news? Young people, I need you to mature. Are you able to speak the good news? Or have you not matured enough to do so? Can you do it without distraction? Or does the enemy have you shackled and chained because of your sin? Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? Are you living to the standard which Christ Jesus has set? I understand that's the big one to, to commit to. It's a, it's a tough one to reach for. But it says right here that Jesus ascended so that he could fill the entire universe with himself. Therefore, giving us what we need to live up to that calling. 
But if we do not pursue, here, let me just stick with it. If we don't make every effort to keep ourselves united in the spirit, what spirit? The one that filled the whole universe, i.e. Jesus, then we will continue to fail. If we do it, if we bind ourselves together with peace, which comes from that, then we will be what? Filled? We will be used? But Jesus is not the center of it all. You know how I know? There's evidence. There's evidence that Jesus is not the center of it all. Watch this. I'm going to pull a Jesus on you. Ready? You who have not ever allowed racism into your heart, cast the first stone. If you have never allowed those thoughts to enter your mind, I want you to stand up because you have arrived. Wait. If you have never sang a bad note, if you've never sang a bad note, I, I want you to come and stand up here with me because I have never sang a bad note. If you've, if you've never come to church late and sat on the back pew, I, I want you to, you're, you're welcome up here. If you've never failed to be obedient to the unctioning of the Holy Spirit, join me. How can we be unified if we don't know what we're being unified on? We're too busy focusing on too busy focusing on good things, not God things. We're too busy focusing on church business when we need to be focused on kingdom business. Listen to me. If, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't have it all. I don't know it all by no means. But I'm telling you right now, sometimes we act like 
We act like the Pharisees. We act like, no, no, I know some of you may be offended. I, I don't want to be a Pharisee either. But we don't have to be a, a Pharisee. How about, how about James and, and John? I do believe uh, one of those or maybe a couple of the disciples, whichever ones, said something to the effect of, uh, aren't, aren't you supposed to be uh, the, the leader, you know, the, the one that's going to come and take back the throne with a vengeance? Jesus said, I... I'm not here, I'm not here to fight a battle. I'm not here to, to, to fight a war. I'm here to save souls. I'm here to see people transformed. My, my kingdom is not a physical kingdom. Oh, well, that explains why you be letting all this crazy stuff go on. No, I don't think you understand what I just said. I really don't think you understand what I just said. See, in the Bible days, in those times, there were things happening like Roman guards coming and going and, 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 and beating Jews and, and, and just doing all kinds of crazy stuff to people who, who lived for Jesus, who were following Jesus. And his followers were, they were getting frustrated because they were like, why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you letting this go on? Listen, you've got some defectors in the midst of us. You need to give them the boot. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, Matthew, aren't you a tax collector? Now, Peter, Peter, I already know what you're going to do. I know you don't have anything to say right now. Follow me, he said. Follow me. And those who are heavy laden, who have burdens, come to me and I will give you peace. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Hmm. Please don't mishear me. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. But if we all are equal on the plane when it comes to sin, and we all are okay with the understanding that we all need Jesus, then it sounds like the thing that we lack is the maturity to live that out. We either lack the maturity to share the gospel in the way that we're supposed to 
or we lack the maturity to allow the gospel to have the effect on us that it's supposed to have. Now, what does that mean? Well, when my kids, I'll use my kids as an example, they want to be great at whatever they do. One of them won't do anything because they won't, when they step into it, they're not great, right? It's like, never mind, I already know. I'm not going to be good enough, so I'm just not going to do it. And then some of them are like, I want to be great. I want to be great. I'm going to try everything, but not really work at nothing and wonder why they're not great. Do you know what's lacking in those situations? Maturity. Because what they have to understand, the one that wants to be great but won't do nothing, is that you have to start somewhere. And then you work your way into greatness. The other one's like, I'm going to just try everything and do everything. You, you can't do everything. You need to do what you've been called to do, what you've been gifted to do. Do that. Start somewhere and then watch yourself become great. As you work, as you put in the effort. And this is, this is the saddest part. This is the thing that frustrates me the most. Is I'll have one that does. They take the step. They move slowly and they're, they're going along and they're trying and they, you know, they falter and whatever. And the one or the other point out the fact that they're failing. Literally. This is a real story. They pointed out the fact that, let's just say they hit a wrong note. And that one says, can you, anybody here guess what the one said that got pointed out? Anybody? No help here? I don't think I want to do it. I don't think I want to do it. Oh, the fury, the fury that rose inside of me in that moment. The sheer fury that rose inside of me. All I could do was pray. I sat there and I prayed and I was like, Lord God, I need your help. I need your help because I am about to go nuclear. I need your help. I need your help. How could, how could this one who refuses and how could this one that is doing everything and nothing perfectly, how can they say something to this one that is at least making the attempt to do it right? 
I sat there and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And God would let me get up. He would not let me get up because I wanted to go nuclear. He would not let me get up. And then that one came into the room. Hurt. Clearly discouraged. And I said, hey, listen, you're amazing. You've got this. Ignore them. You keep pushing. You keep doing it. The problem is they recognize, they recognize what you're doing. They recognize the gifting in you. They see the maturity that's happening, that's being built. And that's, I stopped there. But in my mind, I thought to myself, they're jealous. They're angry. They're frustrated. Guys, I'm not done here. I'm going to keep doing this. And this was, this was a part of my message. But first, we need to understand what we are unified in. If we can't figure that out, we can't move forward. God will not bless this. He won't. He will not bless it. I, matter No, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why he won't bless it. I don't want him to. I don't want him to. I would rather pray God let us fail than let us set up into a situation that will fail in front of everybody and take away who... I don't want to be... I don't want to give... A horrible testimony. I don't want to be a horrible testimony. I don't want that. I understand I cannot control that as far as I, I get that. But it starts right here. My job, according to what the Bible says, is to equip the saints. I am attempting to equip you. I am saying to you, step up. Let's get mature. How do I do that? Let's get in your word. I told my son the other week, and he's a big boy. He's pretty mature, and he can handle this. He was coming up, and he was playing the drums, and he wasn't giving everything he had. And that's all I'm going to say. He wasn't giving everything he had. At the end of the day, when he did, there was a clear difference. He noticed the difference. He knew the difference. It wasn't something that I was requiring of him that was too much. It was simply what was, it's in him. It's his calling. D don't misunderstand what I just said. I'm not saying the boy was meant just to play the drums. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that he's been gifted, gifted. 
In the Greek, he's been given a grace. He's been given a level of grace. What does that mean? What does that look like? When you step out and you begin to do what God has called you to do, in those moments when you, when you mess up, slip up, crack, and something doesn't go right, he will cover you. If you are truly pushing toward him, if you are not, you will not be covered. And you will, your flaws and all of it will be out there in the open for everybody to see. 100%. Every bit of it will be out there in the open for everybody to see. And in that moment, you will want to scream, God is such a horrible God. But no, God is not a horrible God. God has gifted us with grace to walk in our lane to do what he's called us to do, which should be involved with sharing the gospel of Christ. And if we're not doing that, there's no covering. I know, I know because he has covered me. Some of you look at me way more, you think I'm way better than what I really am. I've been preaching that since the first day I started preaching from this stage. I am nothing. But God will, I'm a, I'm a, I know I will go on forever. His glory, hear, hear what I'm saying. If he receives, and I'm telling you, we're, I'm going to preach this word. If he receives glory, hear me. If he receives glory from the things that we do that line up with his obedience, hear me. If he receives glory from that, what does that look like? What does that look like? Him receiving glory from something that you do. If, if I came up here and gave my all in preaching the word of God, and people said, man, Pastor Wayne, that was awesome. That's his glory. But I have to give it to him. That was only good because God, God spoke word. He spoke a word in me. Do you understand? Every good thing, every good thing. Listen, I'm, you know what? I promise you, I'm putting, I'm going to put, I, have a, I already have one written, but we're going to develop this thing because you need to understand because I know, I can see on some of your faces, you're like, mm, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what he's saying is right. I just give you a little scripture. It talks about the anointing, right? They would anoint people with oil and it would pour down over them, right? The anointing. And when they would get that anointing, they would begin to live a certain way, right? David, he was anointed, and then he began to live, and his life brought what to God? God received what from the way David led? The anointing comes on us, but glory comes from the life that we live. That's just the tidbit. But I'm saying, if we can understand, guys, Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. If it's, if it's anything else, if it's the way we sound, 
if it's, it's, if it's the way we preach, hear what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the word that comes out of my mouth. I'm talking about if, if, if you can't get with me when I'm preaching like this, then let me tell you that. No, if hear what I'm saying, it's not about the way I do it. It's about, it's about what's coming out of me. Is it Jesus? We're about to do praise dance. Everybody heard it announced. Listen to me. I can, I can go out on the street corner and find somebody to come up and dance, and it'll be beautiful. And we'll sit and we'll be like, hmm, that's, that's wonderful. But, or or we, can see, we can see these people give their, their, their giving worship and praise to God. We do it for him. My son, he gets on the drum set. He says, Lord, I'm going to give my all for you. And then we see lives changed. Have you ever heard of somebody getting healed off of a praise dance? It can happen. But it takes us to be unified. Unified. People will be transformed. People will be healed. Lives will be changed. People will want to live for Jesus. They will put down drugs, alcohol, you name it. They will run from it all if we will be unified in Christ while we do what we do. Otherwise, we just come in here doing junk. I don't want to be a part of a church that just comes in and does junk every week. I'm good. I'm good. We have to work at this thing. We have to. Uh, let me stop. I just, I want you to get it. I want you to get it. Let's pray. Lord God, I know that this has been, this has been different. And Lord, you know, you know my heart. God, you know my desire is only to glorify you. You know my desire is to only see your, your life-giving love be evident in all that we do. My desire is to see your people unified in your Son, filled with your Holy Spirit, acting and moving as the kingdom of God. Not torn, not divided, not arguing over things that just distract. God, I want to see us moving in maturity. God, I want us walking in your word, understanding who we are, whose we are and what we've been called to do. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray right now that you would touch their heart. God, draw them to you. Draw them to you right now. 
I pray that they would commit to you right here, that they would submit to you right here, that they would no longer struggle in this life alone, feeling lost, allowing the enemy to tear them apart. But they would grab, I pray that they would grab a hold of hope, that they would grab a hold of hope, faith, believing that your son Jesus Christ died for them to give them an abundant life. Not just life, but an abundant life. And that's a life filled with your love and your peace and your joy. A life lived in maturity, knowing who they are that they are nothing without you, but they are everything with you. They are more than enough. They are loved. God, I pray right now, let them know right here in the name of Jesus, let them know so that they can run with you, walk with you, grow with you, and then begin to share what you've done. God, I pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice, Lord, who has walked in immaturity. They have not acted maturely when handling your word. They've not taken the time to steep themselves in your word enough to really know and understand what you have to say. But they want to go out and tell somebody else how it's done. God, I pray right now that you would slow them, touch their heart, help them to see their error, help them to see that they are no better than the person they're trying to preach to. Help them to see that they are in just as much need. And Father, help them to sit beside that person and learn from you, grow with you. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that we would be disciples, that we would, that we would be better students of your son, Jesus Christ. Instead of getting caught up and being more than you would have us to be in the moment. Help us to grow to greatness. Not just jump out there trying to be great. And we've not done anything. to walk that journey. God, minister to us as we go in this day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. We love you here at the Body Dayton. I know that this has been, <laughs> wow. I, I, I want to say sorry, but I'm, I'm kind of not. But I promise you, if you're your first-time visitor, we do not always go this long, I promise you. But what'd you say? Yeah, right. But I hope that you receive something and I hope that, you know, God will speak to you throughout this week and minister to you. Go and be blessed. Enjoy this wonderful day. It is absolutely beautiful out there. Thank you guys. Love you very much.